Hi, I'm Tracy Minoknuku, the host of the Sexy Aging Podcast and author of My Menopause Memoir. I started my podcast to open up the conversation for women transitioning through menopause because nobody was talking about it. In my podcast, you'll have all your questions on midlife health, fitness, longevity, career changes, and relationships answered with some of the world's leading experts in these fields. Midlife is an amazing time to evaluate how you're going to live the second half of your life. I recommend you do this with a bit of sass and keep it sexy. You can find my podcast anywhere you tune in to listen to your favourite podcasts. I'm delighted to share my conversation with author Kate Codrington of Second Spring, The Self-Care Guide to Menopause for episode 53 of this podcast. Kate is a therapist, menstrual and menopause mentor, speaker, workshop facilitator and podcast host of Life and Inside Job. I remember when I was pregnant and one of my favourite things to do was go to a bookshop and buy another book on pregnancy. I couldn't get enough and now that I've reached the bookend of the reproductive cycle, I'm happy to report that the resources and books available to women in the menopause transition is growing. If you are also seeking different perspectives on menopause, I can highly recommend Kate's book. And it's a good morning on the Sexy Aging Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Minoknuku, and I'm excited to welcome to the podcast today, Kate Codrington, and Kate is in the UK. I'm just going to share a little bit about Kate, and then, of course, you guys, if you've listened to episodes before, I really, really enjoy when the guest just tells us a little bit about their background, well, a lot about their background, because <laughs> this is a story about them. So um, this is exciting. I have a whole list of things that Kate is an expert in. So she's a therapist, a menstrual and menopause mentor, a speaker and a workshop facilitator, podcaster of life is an inside job. Is that correct? Life and inside job, right? That is so cool. And the author of The Second Spring, which is freaking exciting. There have been um, a plethora of um, books that have come out quite recently, both here in New Zealand and the UK, that celebrate and talk about the menopause transition in, I must say, a very positive way. Like I've I've read quite a few books. I interviewed yesterday an author from New Zealand um, for um, This Changes Everything, Nikki Bazant. It was, it's an excellent book. It's gone to number one in New Zealand, actually. Very cool. Um, And it really does highlight for women going through the menopause transition. Oh, hey, yeah, here's all the the shitty things that go on. And here's what we can do. And here's the cool part. And I think this is what I'm looking forward to talking with you about, Kate. So, okay, with all those things that you do, those services that you provide and the way that you help humans in the world, how Mm -hmm. did you sort of get into what you're doing, the writing? And you do yoga as well. So how did that all come together? Well, first of all, I'm going to really wind back and kind of take apart this thing about being an expert, because that's <laughs> not what I am. What I've, um, I have 30 years experience as a therapist. And I have, you know, like shed, shit loads of training and, <laughs> and stuff. But I think it gets really tricky when people set themselves up as experts who know stuff and deliver information about what you should do with your body. 
So what I am is a person who holds space for, and I have, you know, a certain amount of knowledge, but I have, I hold space for people to find their own way. And I think that is a very different angle because an expert holds the authority and because we're human and we, we like to be told what to do, we're like, oh, please give me a path. Give me, can you please mm. give me a direction and tell me what to do so to make this pain go away? Then, you know, I can say, well, here's my three point plan to do A, B and C. But that, that might help, that might help you take whatever pain you have away, but that doesn't help you grow as a person. That doesn't give you more of yourself. So my general job title is uh, uh, chief validator. Oh, I love it. My job, well, my job is to validate your experience, to, to remind you what you already know, that your feelings are real, to remind you that you already know what soothes you, what your self-care is. Probably you should be eating like your grandma did. Whatever your culture, she probably ate better than you. She probably ate less junk yeah. and drank, drank less Prosecco and, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. And worked harder to get that food as well. And you worked know? harder. Yeah, she, she, she would doubtless be, have been like walking. Yeah. And <laughs> walking to the shops and, yeah. you know. And going to the garden would, and, and yeah. growing the food. Yeah, all yeah, of that, if, right? Yeah. 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 Whatever, you know, whether she was in a, living in an urban or a rural environment, there would have been more activity and all that kind of thing. So, so yeah, so I, yeah, I know some stuff, but my job is to remind, is to gently and lovingly give people back their authority because we know what we need really. It's just that it's very noisy. It's very, very noisy out there and God love Google, but you know, we can always get answers, but that takes us away from what we already know for ourselves. Yeah. Hey, actually, what you're saying is really resonating with me right now. So some people would consider me an expert in the fitness industry, 30 years, women's health, fitness, wellness. But I am actually start my mind is shifting. What you talk about is um, just everybody should intrinsically kind of know what works for them. And we are finding more and more conversations in the fitness industry that is that is aligning with this doesn't work for everyone everybody's body is different and of course when you get to the menopause transition whoa hey it's a real landmine you know like there are what 35 plus known symptoms and everyone's path and journey is completely different so you can't cookie cut a product or a fitness training program or a nutrition program and say oh this is going to work for you there are some general things that are good for most people but I've actually had to mentally shift and dial back and go and just be really open and empathetic to everyone's completely unique experience now so i i agree with what you've said and it is quite a mind shift you know and a good one okay. yeah so what can help because there's so much there that we yeah <laughs> so much that i was like oh my god where do which, we start which lovely we... road which lovely road do we go down but I think that the really, a really useful thing, and if I had a bell, I'd ring it now, ding, <laughs> is that the central, the central pole, the guidance that menopause and perimenopause gives us is that our task is to let go, right? Well, I so haven't heard that we, one. <laughs> so help me out. Where are we going with this? 
Okay. <laughs> okay. So fitness. If you are a really try hard, I have to do so many reps and I have to run so many miles, you know, all that kind of that. If that's your mindset, mm. then you are required to let that go and connect with your body and soften. If you're someone who is, has a really kind of, um, uh, how can I say, like, uh, spends a lot of time on the sofa and is very, like, uh, static, then, and has beliefs about, well, my body doesn't work and I can't move, then you are required to let that go. If you, it's about, it's very much about identity changing. Like, all yeah. our identities get challenged. Like, I'm a competent person who's really good at work, who knows all this stuff who can hold, I can hold myself together. That's a great one that nearly all of us are required to let go because no, we can't Yeah. because we are vulnerable humans and we are required to be vulnerable as we go through this transition. And we hate that. We, yes, we absolutely so hard. hate it. But Very you know, don't worry, Brene Brown's yeah. done all the work. Off you go. Read Brene Brown. She'll tell you why vulnerability is a good thing, right? You know, that's Read her it. thing. <laughs> and probably everybody listening will have encountered that. Yeah. So we know that that's what I mean. We know this stuff. We resist it like hell, but we already know that being a completely armored, holding it together person who's been working harder and harder and harder and harder over their 20s and 30s and 40s and maybe into their 50s as well, and taking on more and more stuff, we know what that has brought us to. That's brought us to nearly breaking point. So yeah. how do you want to spend the rest of your life? God, I've got my pointy finger out. Here we go. It's eight <laughs> o'clock in the morning in the UK, and I'm already ranting away. You know, how do you, want, how do you want to spend your 60s and 70s and hopefully your 80s? Do you want to spend them doing more and more and getting more and more armoured? Mm. And running out of juice because this stuff is hard work all that armoring and masking that we do is exhausting yeah it's really really exhausting and that will impact on our health in our 60s and 70s and 80s yeah yeah no it's true because you can see it in generations that are ahead of us that have held on to you know i can see it and how it breaks down physically for them and mentally but it also you know that their health is impacted majorly because they do all of this they mask they hold on they strive for more they oh. they can't just let go so yeah I, I do see it and you know what's really cool is that if you can take time to just step back and observe that happening in just a generation ahead of you and you can see it for what it is if you can just be mindful and I'm not wagging the finger here, but <laughs> I just feel like I tell myself these things. I don't tell other people, maybe through a podcast, but I think, oh, so do I want my life to be like that? And yeah. what do I need to do to Absolutely. I do ensure, the same. yeah. Yeah, I, do, I exactly do the same. And my, my question is, what can I learn here? Mm. Yeah. What can I usefully learn from observing this older person's lived experience? Yeah, I always have believed that I can learn from other people's experience. You know how there's, I think, there's some saying, I can't remember, but it was something like, you know, you, you, learn, you learn from your own experience. I'm like, oh, no, hey, no, <laughs> I, I can learn from people who are 10 years older than me. I'll just observe and I'll go, okay, what's good here? And what do, what do I want to do that's different? That's going to be, you know, better for me personally. Um, I want to jump into your book. 
uh, very okay. exciting. It's, yeah, it's so cool. Um, it's launched in the, the US this week, last week. Is uh -huh. that right? Yep. How exciting yep. for you. That's awesome. So it's called The Second Spring, The Self-Care Guide to Menopause. I often post uh, books in my uh, Instagram about books that I love that I'm reading and obviously to share with um other viewers what else is out there so this is another book i'll be posting about how much of the timing of the book relates to your own personal experience and how did you get started on the book mm. i well i i had been working working with people in menopause for quite a while before i started writing the book and also in parallel process in my own menopause process and i started writing really to understand what was happening i ha already had a beautiful training with red school uh, the menstrual educators in the uk and they have their seasonal structure and i had my experience and i was witnessing other people's and holding other people in their experience and with brain fog and a scrambly, creative, transgentle, oh, what is that word? When you pop all over, my, my head pops all over the place. I'm always doing lots of things at once. Um, I want, really wanted to nail how the process of growth through menopause happens to create a psychological map that was easy to understand, that wasn't full of woo-woo. Yeah. Um, that anybody can go oh yeah that so if I feel like that what do I need to do yeah um, and I was greatly supported by my community um, the womankind community where people very generously lent their um, their experiences and the publishers HarperCollins put these women's uh, this is my favorite bit of the book they put these women's experiences in capital letters with masses of space around them essentially centering these experiences as important and that that is just such a gift such a gift because they're not they're not um <clears throat> sort of super yoga people they're just ordinary people who are exactly as you said tracy uh suffering with a load of shit and finding growth and finding the cool stuff you know yeah for sure um how is your menopause transition going for you and what's the most interesting thing that you've learned in maybe the last six months <laughs> well i'm post-menopause i'm in second okay. spring which means uh, i last had a period i can't even remember now it's not that interesting to me you know i'm so i'm so over it <laughs> oh it's so good i'm excited about this because i think i'm i'm late perimenopause now like i feel like okay you know it'll come up to when i go oh i haven't had a period for a year um and i'm not getting like horrendous symptoms now they kind of come and go and it is really based around lifestyle you know like if i do all the bad things all the bad things come to me <laughs> but um yeah i'm excited about where you're at so yeah mm. tell me about a second spring something i can look sure. forward to yeah yeah absolutely i mean i think it's something we can all look forward to if you think of menopause as a, as a sort of hibernation period, like a winter. So in some sense, we're withdrawing into ourselves and we, that we may not be able to completely go and find a cave and go and live there for six months, which is probably what most people would like uh, to do. Just sounds really good. Yeah, <laughs> On a tropical exactly. island. <laughs> On a tropical island, yeah. by the beach, you know, yeah. 
nearly everybody wants this. And what happens is that feeling starts to fade and we start to want to come out and connect again. So when we come out, it's a bit like you've been in the washing machine in the menopause washing machine on a spin cycle for quite a long time. And it's like, oh, <laughs> and you get kind of spat out on the beach. And it takes quite a while to orientate yourself because the process of menopause has worked us, has has kind of kneaded us and squished us. And we that letting go thing, we've kind of let go of so much. It takes a little time to find out, well, who am I now? And what do I like? So this inevitably has involved me sort of running out and doing too much social stuff again. Yeah. <laughs> Being really social and going, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. And coming yeah. back and having to not not answer my phone for a week. Yeah, decompress. So kind of, <laughs> exactly. This is kind of going out and coming back. But what menopause brought, and because I slowed down, ping, that's the second light, let go, yeah. slow down. <laughs> um, because I slowed down was a massive burst of creativity and a real uh, clarity about the important, making that important in my life. So the first thing I do, well, it's early today. I haven't done it yet, but the first thing I do is I is that for me it's writing at the moment. So the first thing I do is write. I'm making that the most important thing in my day because that's what sustains me. That's what gives me meaning and purpose in my life. Mm. And just really making that important. And I would never have done that in my twenties and thirties and forties. You know. Oh I'm no, you've got to go out. You gotta hit I, I, the hit the ground running, right? <laughs> yeah, I have I have kids. I have yeah. kids. I have a partner. I have a house. I have I'm self employed. I have a couple of businesses. You know, it, it's not. I have a lot going on, mm. but I know that when all that tidal wave of like essentially quite tedious stuff. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we get there is there's a lot of reward in there, but there's a, you know the admin can take over your life. When I let that tidal wave wash me away then i am washed away and that i have to forcibly center what is important to me and i think that is that for me a second spring and that re that in that requires um enormous uh strength of mind and self-worth and also vulnerability so this this is the difference that we probably got to 50 with a lot yeah. of with a lot of hard jaws, gritted teeth and determination. Menopause gives us an opportunity, if we choose to, to surrender, so that in our 60s and 70s and 80s, we can show up with humility and with kindness towards ourselves and with love towards ourselves. And that enables us to be present for other people. Yeah, it's really interesting what you're saying because it does make me reflect about um woman that I experienced in sort of the late 40s, early 50s. And quite often, I've, I personally feel and I'm going out on a limb here, which we often do in podcasting, <laughs> a lot of personal opinion there as well. Um, there is quite a sort of an angry woman syndrome that kind of envelops women at of that age. And it oftentimes they're not 100% aware what's actually going on in their body. They're not sure how the hormones are impacting on what's, how it's making them feel, but also 
how they're responding generally in the work life and the home life and their relationships and you know sometimes there's a breakdown of relationships in that time of life right it's actually a an incredibly um, confronting and scary moment so when you talk about coming out of it I think that is so exciting um, and it would be I think nice for listeners who are in the thick of it to, to know that there is light at the end of the tunnel and yeah I, I'm really inspired by that so I think one of the other things is when you do educate yourself or when someone does give you um, the right information around what's happening to your body it does help you be kinder to yourself it does help you sort of ease up a little bit and that's a good place to start you know like mm. just going oh I'm not just a bitch <laughs> you know I am there is a reason for this and can we, everyone, can we speak to the can we speak to the anger a bit to the anger yeah, because sure. I, and, Let's and do bring, it. That, bring yeah. kindness oh, into that because I think this, that's really important I, I was I, I okay. definitely can think back to a couple of years when I had no idea what was happening and I put my foot in it made a lot of mistakes said and did some things that I actually when I look back on it I regret mm. um, but I had no idea what was happening that was sort of causing sort of the uncharacteristic anger so yeah let's talk about it yeah please so <laughs> one of one of the things that happens in in perimenopause and menopause is that we become more sensitive and that that's that's to do with the shifting hormone picture and this sensitivity goes right across the board across food across smells across taste across senses across sound visuals people have all kinds of new uh, allergies all kinds of new sensitivities and another kind of sensitivity is uh, towards emotions that we have been stashing for a long time so in order to get to 45 you will have had and if you're female you will have had to suppress a lot of rage <laughs> at injustice at being you know you'll be working twice as hard if you're a woman of color you'll be have been working four times as hard uh, you see injustice in the world, in your family, you know, and all the other things and whatever relationships you've been in. And, you know, there's, there's a lot to be angry about and we're not allowed to be angry. Well, you know, because that gets labeled as bitch, as, you know, um, you know, if it was a bloke, angry, it would be... angry, aging person, <laughs> angry, aging person. Right. That, and there you have the problem right there. All the negative judgments. Right. Okay. But I would, I would suggest that this is old stuff coming up that is actually, you know, it's expressed unskillfully, probably about, you know, it, towards your nearest and dearest very mm -hmm. often. But actually, probably the trigger, the, the actual root cause of this stuff is actually legitimate. Yeah. And that your feelings have legitimate roots. It's just the expression that is unskillful. Wow, that's awesome. We, I feel like I'm in therapy right now. <laughs> yeah, well, menopause yeah. is therapy. Menopause yeah. is offering offering us this chance for therapy. It's offering us this chance to, oh, it's the, like this personalized, bespoke spiritual growth package that we're given in midlife. And it hurts. Of course it does, because growth hurts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it is. Kate, you got my brain going tick tock, flip flop <laughs> right Good. now. So yeah, what a, what a very enlightening conversation to this stage already. It's just, it, you're actually making me think back 
to a few years and that that moment that I started to feel that rage and around simple things that I don't think I would have normally have said or done anything about but I I can see how there was um impact and compounding that um made me kind of lash out a bit so but I've been yeah, a lot 50, kinder now so yeah yeah 50 years of drops towels I mean, yeah you know that's a lot of anger and so how so we're talking about kindness as well so how can we if if a listener can relate to what we're saying and can relate to the drop towel or the you know the stacked up incidents of injustice or unfairness or where our feelings have been where we've been gaslighted or where where we haven't been allowed to express ourselves in the way that we'd like to can we bring kindness to that person at that time in our life Mm. can we bring compassion to the you know the 25 year old who was ignored whose brilliant idea was stolen by some bloke in a meeting yeah and really, yeah we can and see I, it I, all I feel now slightly teary. yeah no <laughs> look i 100 know what you're saying i mean like you, yeah you're giving these examples and i my mind goes straight there and also mm. now i've i'm you know, stepping back and watching some of this play out for other people and have a huge amount of empathy and compassion and kindness for their situation. Um, and I think it's 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 a good place to be, right? Might, yeah. yeah, mindfully, yeah. And that this this bringing this kindness to uh, the incidents in our past mm. will change the expression of our anger. And of course, we have to do other stuff. We have to slow down. We have to eat well. We have to find new ways to find pleasure. Like, ding, that's another ding. I told you. I, th I, th I think I need every time I do a podcast, I need a bell. Give me the ding. Yeah. <laughs> or a horn. <laughs> I don't know. Something. New ways to find pleasure because our bodies are changing. Yeah. We need to, you know, as well as the nutrition and the movement and, you know, all the other stuff that we know about and eat like your grandmother and yeah kate this is awesome i've got uh, a question that kind of relates to all the activity that's happening in the uk around the menopause space and maybe because i went down the rabbit hole that i probably see a lot more of it than i used to but i feel in the uk there is a real ramp up for conversation and some of it's like <clears throat> pro natural and pro hrt and i'm kind of thinking well it doesn't matter at least we're talking so with you in the UK, what do you personally consider are the most important changes needed to move the needle for women's health and specific to the menopause years? Oh, my goodness. Well, I think well, <laughs> like, where do we start? Where do you start? Like, where are you up to? I mean, you're probably well, ahead think, of us. Actually. Well, maybe maybe I'll, I'll say maybe I'll say what happened uh, for people who aren't living in the UK. What happened was yeah. there's a television uh, present a very well-known lovely te television <laughs> presenter Davina McCall yeah. and she made a program for Channel 4 um, one so brave year. <laughs> yeah. well I would question that right, I mean, okay. you know, yeah let's freaking talk about it then <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah, carry so on it's for, for, some, it's for somebody in her in her profession to even acknowledge that you're over 40 is a big deal because she stands to lose work. Mm. So in, in that sense, it is brave. It should, she, we should not have to be brave to talk yeah. about something that happens to half the population. And you can see, okay, 
This happens to half the population. The whole population is affected by this. And yet one television presenter is called so brave for doing it. It's like you can see all the prejudice, all the fear, all the misogyny and all the shit of the patriarchal bollocks right there. I mean, why should you have to be brave to talk about something that happens in your body? To say anyway. Yeah, no, so, good statement, fair statement. Okay. Yep, yep. So we have, so there's a lot of fear. Let's say there's a lot of fear and prejudice about menopause. And she made two programs, one last year, one this year. And thank God for Davina, because people are talking about it. And that's really what I would personally really love. And I'm really enjoying seeing happening. People talking because the problem that we have as we've said this, you know, you have to be brave to talk about it. The problem that we have with perimenopause and menopause is the shame. Mm. Because it's the shame that keeps us quiet, that means that we don't demand proper care from our doctors, that means we don't say to each other, oh shit, I'm, I'm really falling apart here and I don't know what's going on. You know, that mm. keeps us from owning our vulnerability and keeps us soldiering on when we should be asking for help. And once we this process of dissolving the shame is the first step because we can because you know hallelujah it's it's on the it's on the bbc news it's a, you know it's in the headline in the newspapers and now what's happening which is which is just like it's just fascinating i mean it's, it's an it's an anthropo anthropological study all of itself please somebody with a phd write you know take notes and write about this because it's fascinating so what's happening yeah. is that um like every other area of women's health, it's becoming um, adversarial. So um, it's becoming split and becoming divisive, you know, yeah. just in the same way as, you know, breastfeeding and bottle feeding and the way you birth your yes. child. Yes, yes. And, and that's this is, still this a is problem. Going on. Yeah. Well, I think, I think this is, this is a human thing. You know, we talk about it yeah, and then the we have way. to own, <laughs> own a piece of it or something like that. And it's becoming, yeah, it's, it's, it's really exploding. But I think all of that and that I think that every, all the, 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 this kind of way of naming different parts of it is a sort of, it's like, it's like making a map of naming all the different parts. And this is, this is how HRT can help you. And this is how exercise will help you. And this is how your neurodiversity will be affected. Mm. And this is this is how your chronic health issue will be affected. You know, and this, for me, I'm I'm as you can tell, I'm interested in the psychological aspects and the spiritual aspects. This is how this is how your insides will be operating. And we're together. We're making this this picture of the of the whole. But it will take a while, and and black black women's experience as well. You know. Mm. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, ultimately, it's it's a feminist issue. Yeah. Because the reason that we're suffering is because we've been working so hard, and because we're not paid equally, and because yeah. we don't have we don't have pen correct pension provision. You know. Yeah. Down, when you come down to it. So there's society with... problems that have compounded where we're at today, and now our health is challenged. Right. Yeah. In case you didn't know, 
I have a new online course coming out in June. It will help you to figure out what is happening with your hormones and what you can do to get your mojo back. I cover the topics of sleep, fitness training, nutrition, stress, community and joy and each module comes with downloadable PDFs so you can start implementing my recommendations and feel better through the menopause transition. I'll be offering preferential pricing for the course to the first 200 subscribers to Sexy Aging website. So tap the link in the show notes to sign up for more information. You can also check out my website for blog posts, all the podcast episodes and links to my book, My Menopause Memoir. Yeah, so I I think it's really fascinating that I remember when I was pregnant that I could access, you know, so many books. (laughs) And I think I did. I probably, when I cleaned out my cupboard after I'd finished having children, I had about 12 books on pregnancy and they kind of all have much of a muchness, but they speak from a different, you know, point of view and stuff. So um, I'm excited that you have contributed um, a piece of work, a piece of art for women to tap into and they'll be able to get your book. Um, is it on Amazon? Can we access it's, it through Amazon? You or can get it through Amazon, right. Amazon. And uh, if you, if it's not, if it's expensive to ship it to wherever you are on Amazon, then it's on Audible. So you can, it's oh, internationally. So that's, you can, that's listen, awesome. you can listen to me banging on. I think I'd like, also like to say that within the book, it's not just the psychological map. There's, I did everything. <laughs> It grew, yeah. it grew, it grew, it grew. As so it does. all the stuff about food, yeah. there's all the stuff about exercise, there's yeah. all the stuff about work, there's all the stuff about HRT, there's, there's everything in there. But this, at the center of it is a beautiful practice, which is on audio as well as written, which will take you into the under, underlying dynamic of what is going on for you. Yeah. It's called a medicine circle. And it's also accompanied by a load of beautiful yoga nidras that will help you to rest beautiful i love it i uh, i had noticed that you do have some yoga nidras on your website yeah. so yeah, yeah thank yeah. you so much for popping those on there people can tap into it and i will share how to find you um in the show notes so thank you so much kate thank you tracy it's been a blast awesome talking to you I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed talking with my guest. I'm so grateful to learn that so many people are sharing the podcast with their families and friends. If you are a new listener, then I encourage you to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'd also love to know how you feel about the content, so take a quick minute to review and send your feedback. If you're a Spotify listener, there is also a poll and a question at the end of every episode, and I'd love to gain your insights there. Till next time. Keep it sexy.